1: This is a CBC Podcast. It's time for Ask Me Anything, how to talk to your kids about wildfires and climate change.
2: Ask Me Anything!
0: We're seeing vulnerable people at risk, outdoor events canceled, kids having to be kept inside at recess. You know, I'm very concerned about climate change as a mom and as a parent. Now my kids are seeing it in a real way with having to stand at recess and those kinds of things.
3: The children are coming back with such great ideas. You know what? We can repair this. We can fix this. They also believe that Mother Nature itself is a cycle. It's a living being.
1: Well, over the last few weeks, we've seen major wildfires from one end of the country to another, and the effects can be felt well beyond the forests and communities under the threat of catastrophic loss. Heavy wildfire smoke has blanketed major cities like Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal. We saw pictures from New York City and other places in the United States. And for many kids living in those cities, that's meant indoor recess, cancel sporting events and wearing masks. Your kids may have a lot of questions about wildfires and climate change, and you might be wondering how to discuss it with them. Dr. Christine Coral is a psychologist, an adjunct professor in the Department of Psychology at the University of British Columbia, and she's a director at the Vancouver Anxiety Center. And she works with children and adults, some of whom are experiencing anxiety about the environment. And Dr. Coral is here to take your questions. You can ask her anything on this topic. Call us at one 888 416 8333 or you can text
4: us. Uh, hi, Dr. Coral. Hi. Thanks for I, having I saw, me today.
1: Yeah, thanks for uh, being on the program. I saw you smile when you heard uh, my invitation for people to ask you anything. <laughs> it always is a little bit uh, daunting for uh, for uh, guests to to hear that description, but uh, I, I know you're uh, you're the perfect guest to talk about this issue of of how much to uh, talk about with kids about this, especially different ages of kids, and how to try to avoid hopelessness and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get to calls, I, w- I want to address uh, the actual health risks that come with having a child outside uh, when the air is heavy with wildfire smoke. Dr. Melissa Lem is a family physician and president of the Canadian Association of Physicians for the Environment. Here's what she said about the damage that wildfire smoke can do to kids.
2: Unfortunately, with the long-term evidence of the effects of wildfire smoke on children, we don't have a lot of that. Because we've just really started to see those long-term uh, exposures to wildfires as we get summer after summer of smoke. But in terms of the short term, um, we know that kids who are exposed to wildfire smoke tend to experience more respiratory symptoms, so asthma exacerbations. They tend to be hospitalized more during those times, and also their allergies tend to be exacerbated. Children also are more particularly vulnerable to the effects of wildfire smoke in the short term because they they breathe in more amounts of pollutants compared to their overall Uh, body
1: size. Okay, so that is the medical perspective. Uh, Dr. Coral, you can give us uh, the perspective as a psychologist. Um, How should parents be talking to younger children about the risks that wildfire uh, poses without scaring them?
4: Well, I think it's talking about what we can do, um, the control that we have over the situation that we're doing this to protect ourselves. And sometimes just like we protect ourselves from the cold, we protect ourselves with sunscreen from the heat right now, when there's smoke coming in that we need to protect ourselves from the smoke. So I'm so glad you had the, the physician on. I certainly, I've done a bit of reading on this because in BC, we've been dealing with wildfires every summer for many years. And I started to notice more and more people have an increase in anxiety and depression at that time. So with a little bit more reading, apparently some of the particulate can get in and be responsible for some of those increases in anxiety and depression. So there's, there's, it's not only depressing to see the skies and to think about everything that you have to do to stay safe, wear masks and do all of that again. You know, it's not just depressing doing that. It also, there's physiological effects that affect your mood. So it's important for kids to understand that, you know, while this is happening, you know, sometimes there are emergencies, but you know, we know how to prepare, we know how to plan, we know how to take care of ourselves. You know, in this case, it shouldn't go on too, too long uh, this summer and um, we should get a, a break from that. So trying to, trying to, give kids the sense that you are steering the ship that you know what to do that you can reassure them if they are feeling a little anxious we'll say sometimes the smoke does that you know let's try and play a game to take our mind off of it you know depending on the age of the child you'll pick different activities to distract them and get them on to other things and try and focus on what you can do instead of what you can't do like go out at recess
1: and you never know how a child is being affected by these things. You know, I think back to my two kids who are now full-fledged adults and are probably (laughs) cringing as I uh, mention this, but one of them when he was in elementary school was terrified by the fire bell during uh, just fire drills. I I had Mm -hmm. no idea and he didn't talk about it and it wasn't for some years later that he talked about just how anxious and afraid it made him. So you really have to work hard sometimes to pick up the cues. Uh, let's uh, and and we're going to hear from callers in just a moment, but uh, Dr. Sure. Coral, let's let's talk about masking and once again let's start yes. with the the perspective from a medical doctor here once again is Dr. Melissa Lim.
2: If you do have to go outside, um remember that just regular surgical masks or bandanas aren't going to help with reducing your exposure to smoke. So wearing an N95 mask, particularly fitted for kids, is
4: important.
1: All right. So, Dr. Coral, uh, I guess you had a situation, speaking about bringing your kids in as an example. Um, I about know. The ang- they're they're about okay
4: the- with me doing it now.
1: <laughs> okay. See, I didn't check beforehand two. in my case. But in yeah, terms yeah. of anxiety and masks, tell us uh, about that.
4: Oh, well, actually, so so my kids are now 18 and 20. And mm. um, so we were talking about using the, just the other day, talking about using masks again, Um in case, you know, forest fires come in and my daughter found a mask and put it on. She went, oh, this is actually kind of depressing and it's making me a bit anxious. And I said, oh, well, you get used to the breathing. You know, I I assume she was over breathing or feeling a little claustrophobic. And she said, oh, no, no, no. It's reminding me of the pandemic Hmm. and going back to using them. So we just talked about how that's a normal reaction and, you know, it should pass and you'll begin to realize that this is for a different purpose. And uh, but yeah you can have that initial reaction so you don't want to go oh no this is terrible There's so worried. it's okay for kids to be nervous about this sort of thing you want to find out exactly what it is that made them nervous so i assumed she was nervous because it changed her breathing which i saw a lot at the beginning of the pandemic people had that feel, you, there was plenty of air you could absolutely breathe but people had that sense that they weren't getting enough air and would panic so i did a lot of work with people on that But um, when I made that assumption, I was actually wrong. And it was the fact that it's like a bad memory Mm -hmm.
1: of having to wear
4: masks. So you need to talk to your kids and find out what it is.
1: Yeah, well, when your mom is the director of the Vancouver Anxiety (laughs) Centre and a psychologist, uh, you know she's going to pick up on cues that maybe the rest of us parents aren't uh, aren't always picking up on. Uh, We are uh, talking about how to talk to your children about wildfires, about climate change uh, without inducing anxiety as much as possible. And and this is an ask me anything with a bit of a difference because we also want to hear your story. So not just questions for Dr. Coral, but also, uh, and not just seeking advice from her, though she uh, will be able to give us some advice, but it's also, I'm really curious to hear what conversations you had over the last few days, especially in places like Toronto and Ottawa and Montreal, where you were getting warnings about the wildfire smoke, something we've had in Vancouver, many other cities as well, uh, but in our case, uh, not as recently. Our number is one mm-hmm. You can also connect with us by going to slash check. I want to bring in someone uh, who has a question for you, Dr. Coral. Jackie Keezer okay. uh, is a teacher in Toronto. She reached out to us on AirCheck. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, people who are listening now can go to cbc.ca slash AirCheck to do that. Uh, Jackie, are you on the line?
0: Uh, yes, I am. Hello. Good right. afternoon.
1: Yeah, Hi. good afternoon. So, so you teach uh, grade three and four students. Um, yeah. What would you like to share with Dr. Coral and what sort of uh, question do you have for her?
0: Um, Well, we had a lot of discussions in our class uh, at the start of this week and in midweek when it was noticeable with the smoke and the kids were very curious and they had a lot of questions. And so we went to uh, CBC Kids News and we looked up information about what is a forest fire, how does it affect us and things like that. And then the questions really came out. There was a really, really rich discussions and, and they asked some very, very good questions. And one of the ones Uh, that really struck me was, well, if all the trees burn, then where do we get our air from? You know, so that kind of let me know that they're nervous and they're they're Mm -hmm. a little scared. So moving forward from here, yes, we can look at the science and, yes, I can tell them, you know, let's look at these accredited sites, let's find out as much information as we can and that we can understand to kind of demystify it all, but that doesn't kind of alleviate their nerves sometimes. You know, they mm-hmm. asked, will, the, will, we, will we burn here in Toronto? It's like, well, no, let's look at what fuels a forest fire. But still, their, their concerns are there and they're valid. So kind of moving forward from here, what would be the next steps that you might recommend for us as teachers in the classroom? Because these kids, they have the questions. We're in at recess. Why are we in at recess? Why can't we run around and play soccer? Why do we have to not be able to take sports equipment outside? Why does it smell like it's burning in the air? They, they have so many questions. And I'm happy to answer them, but I'm, I'm not an expert in some of this stuff. <laughs> in
1: a lot, Yeah, of- this, is, this is fantastic. So, Jackie, you stay on the line because I love this conversation. An it's educator great. in Etobicoke and talking to a psychologist uh, in Vancouver. Uh, Dr. Coral, why don't you pick up, first of all, with, with Jackie's question. What, how does she answer some of these questions and, and, and talk to those kids? In, I think it's great. Yeah, grade three and four.
4: Yeah, I love that age too. There's so much fun. Um, When you have any kind of um, what-if question, what if all the trees burn? What if there's a war? What, What if any kind of, what if I lose my job? What if I get an F in school? What psychologists do or cognitive behavioral psychologists like me, one of the things that we'll do is go, okay, what if? And we'll try and find out exactly what are they worried about? And then we come up with a coping plan. So we map out the worst case scenario. So you don't even have to have the answers right away. You can say, oh, that's a good question. Uh-huh. What if the trees burn? Let's look into that. What exactly do you think would happen? You could go to the um, board and start writing out you know, the kids' ideas about what that would mean and what that would look like. And then when you have that list of items, you can Say, let's see how many of those are actually real threats. You know, what would a forestry, forestry professor say? Can we find any information on another website or go to David Suzuki Foundation website? Or uh, you know, there's I'm sure a quick Google search would give you a lot of great information. So start to do some research with the kids and teach them that whenever mm-hmm. they have a what if kind of question going up, map out the worst case scenario, then see you know how realistic that is, and then with what remains, you come up with a coping plan okay so let's say this happens what could we do you know and and uh what would be the plan to restore the forest and to have a plan to make sure we can all breathe so you put kids on a path of answering it for themselves um you facilitate that and help them you you know a lot of teachers are trained in socratic questioning and teaching those kinds of questions are Mm -hmm. perfect for this um, sort of situation so that can be really helpful but it's important for the teacher to know kids will throw you and they'll ask you questions and you can say I don't know. It's a great yeah. question. Let's, let's get on that.
0: Oh, mine are it, really great at asking those wonderfully deep questions.
4: <laughs> oh, and I love that age, like eight and nine year olds. They're so oh, great yeah. because it's all starting to come together. They don't quite have yeah. the logic yet, but, and they're goofy. So you can, you can brainstorm with them in a way that, you and know, they, have,
0: they have so many weird questions coming from the internet and it's, so yeah. it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. Doing this pathway. Thank you for that suggestion. Because it also, I hope that's ties, it also ties in with finding, you know, actual information as opposed to misinformation.
4: Mm-hmm. See it as an opportunity. Those questions yeah. are opportunity. And then because this is what kids are going to need in the future, we're going to need to mm-hmm. be good consumers of information and how to tell what's good information and not so good information. There's scary things on the Internet. Is that even true? Um, so that's an awesome opportunity to work with kids, to, to have them be active participants in the societies we create. And what we do going forward with climate change. Hey, my name Jamie Poisson and I'm the host of FrontBurner. It's the CBC's daily news podcast. And every day we're discussing the big events and fault lines shaping Canada and the world. Politics, economics, social movements, you name it. Sometimes we even talk about really fun stuff like the enduring relevance of Lord of the Rings. You can hear FrontBurner on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I love this conversation and the way it's unfolding with, uh, as I say, a teacher in Ontario, uh, Jackie Kieser, and a psychologist in in Vancouver, Dr. Christine Coral. And uh, and Jackie, just before I let you go, one last question. Um, mm-hmm. Are you, noti- you know, as, as a teacher uh, who's seen lots of kids over the years, um, are you noticing among your grade threes and fours anything that uh, kind of concerns you that might be sort of... Um, you know, anxiety or or you know, real concerns induced by the the smoke in the air and having to stay inside.
0: Um, the 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 the, the I would say the top threat to them is big, and this comes back to the science unit. It lets me know that they're paying attention in science. We did, of course, photosynthesis, and they learned that oxygen comes from plants and. And so that's their main concern is what happens when, if the fires don't go out
1: mm-hmm. and all the
0: trees burn, it mm-hmm. takes time. They know it takes time for trees to burn, to grow again. So where do we get our air? So that is, that for them was the scariest thing. Yeah. They're, they're well, more frustrated and angry about not being able to play soccer <laughs> at recess, yeah.
4: but. Well, I think it, I'll just jump know. in here too, because this makes me think one of the questions I might have for the kids is like, well, how many trees are there and what percent are burning? Mm-hmm. And how much would have to go on? Like I went, I might say, I'm curious about that. I don't, and I actually don't know. So I'd have to look it up and get them to sort of dial down the problem. Cause when they see that much smoke, they might think like everything's up in fire, you know, but there's still lots of areas and other ways that uh, we're getting oxygen.
1: Jackie, thank you very, very much for uh, connecting with us. I really appreciate it. And uh, anyone who is listening to the program right now, uh, feel free to give us a call at one 416 if you have questions about conversation, how to talk to kids about wildfire smoke, about what's going on in the environment right now, about the impacts of climate change, or if you'd just like to share the conversations that you had with your kids, particularly in Central, you know, in Ontario and Quebec uh, in the last few days. All righty. Uh, speaking of uh, cbc.ca slash aircheck, we have a couple more guests who are connected with us that way. They are twins, they are 11. Hannah and Sasha Strajnik are in Georgetown, Ontario. They uh, actually are turning 11 this summer, they're in fifth grade. Uh, Hannah and Sasha, how are you? Good. Thank you very much for uh, connecting with us. And of course, we checked with your parents and made sure it was okay for us to uh, to call you back and to have this conversation. Um, you were not able to go outside for recess this Thursday in Georgetown because of the smoke in the air. What was it like having to stay inside and not be able to go outside during recess? It,
0: it was kind of sad.
1: Yeah. You know what I want to do? I'm going to, like, just kind of direct the question to one or the other of you. And and so, Hannah, tell us about what what it was like to have to stay inside for recess.
0: Um, It was kind
3: of sad because we didn't get to go out. And it was also kind of confusing because usually, like, um, our schools, they, like, bring us in if it rains. But it was, like, perfectly normal weather conditioning except for the smoke. So I didn't really know what was happening.
1: And and Sasha, um, tell me about what the smoke was like, how it smelled, what kind of, you know, if it had any effect on you at all. What was that like?
3: I don't really like the smell of smoke. And it, it wasn't, at first it was a little bit annoying, but then like I kept on smelling it and it was everywhere and it started giving me headaches and it wasn't that fun to deal with.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and Hannah, what about your friends? What are they saying about all of this?
3: Um, they they were the first people who told me that there was a forest fire. Um, and they were like saying, it's like, like it's a really big thing.
1: Mm So,
3: um, that's what they told me. And they were also kind of sad about not being able to go outside.
1: Yeah. Hannah and Sasha are turning 11 this summer. They uh, contacted us through cbc.ca slash aircheck. And yes, as I pointed out, we got permission from their parents to put them on the air. Uh, Hannah and Sasha, I'm in Vancouver and I'm looking outside right now. It's a beautiful afternoon. The sky is blue. Um, But we've had some times over the last few summers where wildfire smoke has turned the sky brown at times and I, I remember seeing the sun in the middle of the afternoon just barely managing to get, you know, the, its light through that brown haze. The The sun looked kind of orange and it it felt weird, honestly. Um, what was it like, Sasha, for you to be in a place uh, with wildfire smoke around? I, I, did it bother you or, or maybe it didn't? You tell me. Yeah, it
0: did bother me because I was a little bit I was a little bit
3: scared because um because I didn't know what was going on and I was like well, I thought it was supposed to be nice today but it isn't nice and it didn't didn't look right to me.
1: Mhm. All right. Well, thank you very much, both of you, for uh, contacting us and being willing to talk on the phone on a live radio show that uh, isn't easy for a lot of adults. And you uh, you guys made it seem very easy. You can listen to your radio now because we have a, a psychologist uh, who is on the program and she may have some comments for you. Dr. Christine Coral uh, is here in Vancouver and Dr. Coral, as you hear those twins, they certainly don't sound anxious. They sound precocious. They sound impressive. Very precocious. Um, it's very cute. <laughs> but, but as you, uh, as you heard them, uh, maybe reflect on uh, on on their how they feel about what they've seen in the last few days.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's important when you know kids are feeling down that we don't try and fix it right away for them. Um, that we acknowledge the sadness and just say, "Oh well, you know, you can move on, do something else." You want to be able, to like, yeah, you know, this is really disappointing. It's it's kind of depressing. Um, you know, I'm not happy about it either, you know, and then get them to talk about their feelings before you move into strategies and, and coping plans. And, you know, so once you feel like you've talked a little bit more about that with your child, you can, and you know, they feel understood and that you hear the concerns. Because what happens sometimes if you offer solutions too quickly, Kids don't feel like you've heard them or understand them or that you're addressing the thing that they're afraid of. So as you have that conversation or what they're sad about, like you might think they're sad because, you know, the climate's burning and they're just sad that they wanted to go to the park that day. So Mm -hmm. you don't, don't make, again, don't make assumptions, have those conversations, let them be sad and say, yeah, I'm sorry. You're sad. You know, I'm a little sad too. It's okay. Then once you feel like you've talked it to a point, you can ask them what would be helpful what would you like to do we can mm-hmm. what what are the things that make you feel better you know and you may know you know you know your child so you know the kinds of things that they want to do so you know especially if you can if you have the time to do a special activity with them help them get their mind off um and and target it to something that's going to give them a break from it because we you know we don't need to think about this 20 20- You know, even I work with a lot of activists, too, um, whether it's climate uh, activists or animal rights activists, and they have to tap out at times or they're not going to last. You have to manage your own energy. And we have to watch as parents. We have to watch that for kids to make sure that they're not overthinking.
1: We have uh, two minutes left, Dr. Coral, and I want to bring in a caller here. Judy Payton is in uh, South River, Ontario. And Judy, uh, if I can get your question and Dr. Coral's answer in a total of two minutes, my producer will not be mad at me. So, uh, Judy, thank you very much for uh, calling in. and uh, And what's your question for Dr. Coral?
3: It, it wasn't a question. Uh, uh, it you know, it was a comment. Okay. When she was saying about the grade uh, two and three-year-olds, and going mm-hmm. deeper into, you know, how how much is burning and that. In reality, like, there is a lot burning, and it would be scary, I think, if they went, uh, you know, and and tracked that down too, too mm-hmm. much at yep. their age. Yeah, it would, I like the, you know, what she was saying about, you know, solutions and 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 what they're sad and and moving on to soccer i think the kids mm-hmm. wanted to play
1: okay when they
3: can't with the masks you know or
1: yeah yep
3: yeah but we can't all be but you know it wasn't i'm not trying to be critical either yep uh, no, uh, i, I, I totally that.
4: understand that, yeah. that, that yep. that's a concern that a lot of parents will have it depends on the developmental age so if they are preschool you turn off the TV. You don't want them to watch uh, any of that. You want them to feel like they're safe and protected. When they go to grade one and two, they start hearing things, and they start hearing things on TikTok. They might have heard something on the news already. Three and four, which was the the grade for this these teachers, they mm-hmm. start you know getting a little bit more curious. They start reading. They've transitioned right, from learning right. to read ha- to reading to learn. I uh, have
3: grandkids in uh, junior yep. kindergarten. Yeah, and and uh, like their parents are. Well, he's in graduating from university, and I'm I'm retired. uh, So,
4: yeah, you know. But at that age, we start wanting to help kids with the reality of what's happening and not trying to avoid it. So we're transitioning from using distraction and other techniques and into how are you going to cope with this? You know, because they're thinking along this line and they're they're capable of it as well. So, um, you know, if you have an adult steering the ship, you can start dipping your toe into some of that information. And teachers are experts at that. They know exactly how to tailor it to the developmental level of the kid. They're they're super.
1: Absolutely. And you're an expert not only on uh, helping deal with anxiety by getting, you know, knowing exactly what sort of message to give people, but also an expert communicator. Dr. Coral, thank you very much for speaking with us.
4: Thank you for having me. Take
1: care. Dr. Christine Correll is a psychologist and adjunct professor in the Department of Psychology at the University of British Columbia and the director of the Vancouver Anxiety Centre. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.